Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. What a great comeback for us after like a month of not recording our Apple Grant book club is we immediately start talking about shit. It seems like appropriately graphic though for front lines. I mean, I can I can name a few people in this part of this book that are shit, like actual feces. Yeah. Like so it's kind of related, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Can we throw men in the trash, basically? Like, I all of them. Y- yes. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Okay, yeah. Because that's what I'd like to do. I would just like to just throw them on the dumpster and then light the dumpster on fire. At this very moment in time, directly yeah. to my left, <gasps> I have a Jurassic Park saddle pad that says, Dinosaur Eat Man woman inherit the earth fuck yeah so if that doesn't explain to you how ready i am to dump all men in the trash then nothing <laughs> will <laughs> oh man and you know what people are gonna say they're gonna say not all men need to be dumped in the trash uh you are incorrect yes all men. <laughs> men need to be thrown in the trash listen at the very least i think every man in front lines should be thrown in the trash it's getting to that point though it is like there's a couple that are still like well maybe but like yeah there's a couple i'm like i'm putting them on the rim of the of the dumpster i'm like here you sit here while i evaluate your behavior coming up Yeah, yeah yeah but most of them just go right in there just Right in there. Right, right in the trash. Yeah, it's kind of like they're just, there's some sitting on the lip. Like, maybe if it gets knocked in, I'll, I'll know that I'm not taking this back, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- this is getting rough. This is, yeah, hey, remember last time when I was like, oh, we already had the, the sexual harassment scene. Like, we're not going to get any more of that. Uh, Fuck fucking not correct that was wrong and i apologize there's a lot more of that going on are you apologizing to your past self yeah for leading myself astray and having optimism in this fucking you know semi-realistic depiction of what it would be like for a woman in world war ii because men are trash yeah Yeah. i'm listen as somebody who's got who's completely read two michael grant books and has those under my belt. Um, don't be optimistic. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like, it's so, it's so different from Animorphs. So like, obviously, yeah. Michael Grant 
and Catherine do not shy away from from like difficult topics and like you know no. that kind of shit. But like, right? In Animorphs, we didn't really have to like we didn't really get that kind of stuff in there. But in this book, it's just like nope. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. And I, I'm not saying this is bad at all. Just to preface all of this, like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that this is bad. I think this is important and realistic storytelling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely isn't kind of tempered with that, Catherine. We are writing a child's children's book, Michael. Maybe we should pull it back a bit. Yeah, like, we don't get that here. <laughs> well, and it's like. I will say the one criticism that I have of this book so far is that he brings things up that are, you know, important, but then he keeps bringing them up in places I don't think they need to be brought up. And, like, I think you could have had, like, maybe two guys say something inappropriate to the ladies, but it's, like, five or six, like, different dudes saying this stuff and it's like i think two would have sufficed but you had to keep going and like i don't know how i feel about that i don't know then it was like a hundred then it was like a hundred guys it's like okay we get it like did you just come up with a bunch of these terrible things and you just want to put them all in like what the fuck's going on stop it i'm uncomfortable um yeah yeah i mean i could i could see the argument that like but it would be so widespread because of not only the rampant, like, racism and sexism of the Uh time, but, like, also that this was, like, the first group of... Plus, like, look at the military now. Oh, yeah, I mean... It's probably pretty close to accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, like, I could see the argument, but I also see what you're saying. Like, we are reading this book, and it doesn't need to be so... so incessant. Well, and the other thing that I think is incessant, at least to me, it's getting on my nerves, actually, is all of the, like, oh, my God, Strand, but also Jack. But no, Strand. Oh, my God, I love Strand. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, I was a 16-year-old girl, too, and all I thought about was boys. But, like, I think I get really annoyed when there's so much, like, romance and sex focus when there's, like, bigger shit going on. Yeah. Like, when you're reading kind of, like, a YA book and they're, like, in the middle of a battlefield and someone's, like, you know, people are getting murdered all around and someone's getting, like, a blowy in a tent. Like, that's not, that's not my bag, you know? (laughs) Fuck. I think that happens in the fairy dick book, so that's, that was specifically Uh, a call out to that. that's, That's specifically going after the fairy dick book. Yeah. Got it. I mean, that's not really YA, it's... I hope not. It's YA. This this isn't really YA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is like borderline. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't. Is I don't think it is like a YA book at all, though. You don't think? I don't think so. I don't think it's it's under YA. Hmm. Maybe we can look. Maybe I can look at my Amazon. I didn't think it was. I kind of assumed it was YA because like they're all in their like mid to late teens. I'm straight up googling is Frontlines YA because. I got scared when I went to my Kindle that it was going to fuck up my page count. So I'm just going to trusty old Google. It's also hard to classify some things because, like, I think Six of Crows should have been adult. It Uh, wasn't? 
No, Six of Crows is YA. What the fuck? Yeah. But I'll yeah, talk about I guess that more technically on this is also YA. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, I know Animorphs is technically middle grade, but I kind of feel like it gets YA. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for sure. So, like, you know, maybe the line's kind of blurred, but I, I don't know who really makes that calls in, in you know, marketing Not and a shit. Clue. But, um, is it like movies where it's like, if you say two fucks, it has to be R? It might be. I also think it's kind of like, I think people push for YA because that's a wider demographic, you know, that includes like, you know, teens and adults. So you have like a bigger pool of, you know, clientele, basically. Uh, Maybe not clientele, but like money. Um, Right. You have more money. Sure. And like uh, my friend who does uh, comics, she got a book deal like a year or two ago. And um, she was originally writing like a, I want to say it was like a, a, it was for an older audience and they actually made her like age the characters down so that Mm -hmm. they could like widen that pool and like take advantage of that demographic. So, um, yeah, like her characters were in college and then they were like, no, let's put them in high school so that, you know, it's more general audience. So, okay. Which I personally, I don't like it when decisions like that are made because I think you should age the characters based on, like, whatever serves the story best. Right. But, yeah. But to pay them bills, they're going to be whatever age you want them to be. This is a a society where everyone just wants to make the most money they can. That's Yay. right. I will be eating the cookies I bought with my paycheck while I <laughs> s- s- control F for every reference to college and replace it with high school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh. Anyway, that's that's my rant about that. Um, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being educated on this. I don't... I wouldn't take... My word is fact. Your word is law, and it is all I will believe now forever. <laughs> I'm the captain now. You you are the captain now. I'm running this ship. So what else? What what other initial thoughts did we have on this part? Um, I thought that this finally started getting at some of the eh, more serious conversations that we had been kind of skirting around like about the actual like like shit shit got real like people started to really realize like oh yeah we are actually going to war now mm-hmm. uh rainy's a fucking badass i i yes agree uh, god i love her god i love her so much i love her so and I kind of like I kind of think her chapters are ones that are done the best because we see her the least. But I think her chapters just have so much more like inference and like show me, don't tell me and like like mm-hmm. impact on me, I think. I don't know. That being said, uh Frangie's chapters I thought were very good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like starting to learn medicine, which is really cool. Uh-huh. She had, she also had some very, very strong material this time around. Uh-huh. And, and, oh, very exciting. We got to the characters meeting face-to-face finally. Uh-huh. Which is very cool. Yes. I'm, and I'm, crazy. I was, I was kind of hoping that would happen. I mean, like, I figured it was going to happen with Frangie and Rio since they were, like, right across the creek from each other. But, mm-hmm. like, I didn't know if that was going to happen, like, before they went off to Europe or after. I don't know. I'm just, I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um... And, like, Rio's chapters by far were the ones that I cared about the least this entire time. <laughs> I know it's horrible to say, but like it's it's not it's not, I'm really interested in the parts where she's like, this is how I feel about war. This is how I feel about mm-hmm. like seeing home after, you know, basic training and stuff. All the fucking strand shit can go right in the dumpster. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I do not fucking care about this relationship. I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I I'm. I think eventually it'll be a great point to look back on and say, like, look how far from that fucking wild. Yeah. Like, even now there was an interesting bit of, I mean, I agree. I don't give a shit about Strand at all. I don't care about dating him, <laughs> any of that jazz. But there was one moment that I really, really liked. And mm-hmm. that was when um, she went home and had dinner with her family Mm-hmm. And her mom is so clearly out of the loop because like her dad was in the army. Her sister's dead. Yeah. Her mom is so clearly like poor wife protected from all the stuff. And then when Strand came over and said foobard in front of them. Oh, yeah. And like they all had to like quick like, oh, God, don't t- don't tell Millie that the word fuck is being used. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. I see. I loved that shit where it's like. Yeah. Okay, like, you know, your sweet little girl is now, like, covering for uh-huh. the army. To- like, there were moments that I really, really appreciated in there. But, yeah, like, the whole thing with, like, flying in the plane. And I'm like, eh, I don't give a shit about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. It's it's going to serve as a reference point for later when, you know, everything's <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't mean I like <laughs> in the moment no no I, I it's fair it's fair i i think it'll looking back it'll be much more yeah yeah it's just yeah the problem i'm having is that there's just so much of it i know why it's there but there's just so much of it it's like yeah yeah i think part of my problem with it too is that i like to me i was never like oh, I'm going to write, like, this person's last name and put hearts around it and, like, clutch uh-huh. the bear to my chest. But, like, I was never that person. So I get agitated by that, like, mm-hmm. just generally because mm-hmm. of who I am as a person. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to, like, strip that out and be like, listen, just, I know you think that's stupid, but maybe there are people that do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm so fucking picky when it comes to romance. I don't like it when it's 
super forced and mm-hmm. oh and this is like forced like narratively for not like oh you could tell michael grant was forced into writing this is like rio is trying to force herself into a romance to like have that experience as like a teenage girl but like yeah it almost feels like she's trying to compete with Jeannot and yeah. like and then she finds things she likes within it which is I guess that is kind of an interesting thing to say like because she likes the more like carnal parts of it and mm-hmm. so that is kind of an interesting thought actually especially with knowing like what we do that this is like narrated by somebody who we don't technically know because they are all of these people and that person's like a very like carnal hardcore badass person yeah like maybe it's hints of like it's rio writing this, which i don't know i'm taking a stab right now at saying it's real uh-huh. that's writing this book oh oh yeah absolutely that's that's the impression i get as well um, yeah so that would be interesting if like this is like it's just another part of her that kind of the more harsh aspect of her is coming out mm-hmm Okay, that's mm. interesting. And yeah, I do feel like she's... F- but, like, I can kind of relate because, you know, when I was younger and an idiot, I was like, I have to I have to get a boyfriend or else I'm going to be, like, a loser forever. Like, like, my... The lack of boyfriend indicated that there was something wrong with me and I needed mm-hmm. some sort of validation from that. Which is mm-hmm. not fucking healthy but it is maybe common i don't know right in and let me common. know yeah yeah right right in anonymous <laughs> at gmail.com tell us about <laughs> your childhood <laughs> tell us what unhealthy stereotypes you were forced to bear as a child Yay. ladies uh, yeah and men and, and children and, like, this was the 40s. And, like, it was, you know, a completely different time back then. It was much more like, yeah. oh, you know. And, and throughout this part of the book, everyone's like, oh, after the war, like, go home and get yourself a man and have babies and, like, fulfill all these fucking gender roles, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, in direct contrast with Rio being like, oh, I got called ornery. That's fucking awesome. I feel like such a badass. I love that I can bike 10 miles and not break a sweat anymore. Like, the fact that she's... Having this, like, do I be a traditional girly girl in love with this dude and, you know, like, gonna be this and this after the war? Or, like, am I coming into my own on mm-hmm. on this end? Is very interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I know why the romance stuff is happening, but... <laughs> It just irks me in a way. It's like, I want her to be a badass now. And like, I can see the signs that it's coming, but I want it now. I want it now. So the the issue is that we're impatient, as I think what we're coming to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and another aspect of it, and I think I've brought this up before, is that like, part of me is like, is this how Michael Grant thinks that teenage girls are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like... Yeah, I hope that's not true. I mean, it... he must know. He's raised some. He must know. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, so the other thing I wasn't super jazzed about in this part was that, like, 
There's now potential love interests for both Rainy and for Frangi too. Maybe. Oh, I totally didn't get that for Frangi. Like, I totally saw that as, like, she is finding her people in okay. the army. Okay. And, like, the people she can trust and the good people. Uh-huh. I totally did not read that as a romance thing. And okay. that could just be me, like, fucking up. But I totally no, didn't no, read no, that no. as romance. No, that's that's good. And, like, that's open. That's definitely open to interpretation. And I, you know, I'm kind of trained to be like oh no a guy and a girl had a good interaction guess that means they're gonna fall in love because that's what i've been trained to like expect from a lot of media i mean that could that could be the case that could still happen that just Mm -hmm. wasn't what i like i read that as more frangie found like yeah the and it sounds it sounds like it's gonna be who her sergeant is or whatever lieutenant i forget oh yeah 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 but yeah yeah, it totally sounds like they're going to be, like, mentors and cohorts yeah. in what they're doing. Yeah, like, this dude stuck up for me. He's going to watch my back. I'm going to stay close exactly. to him. Yeah, okay, okay. Fuck yeah. And especially, like, on the battlefield, that will become extremely mm. important. Yeah, yep. So that's what that's what I took away from it. Okay. I could be very wrong. <laughs> I like that we had two different directions <laughs> on that. I hope, I hope you're correct, because I don't think everyone needs a love interest. <laughs> No, God no. Ugh, yeah. Oi. Oh man. I mean, should I go ahead and summarize? I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Because we're just gonna keep digging into <laughs> it if we don't. <laughs> digging into the little parts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So first part of this. This. Okay. Sorry, I forgot to do page numbers for everybody. Um. So this is chapter fourteen through part two of the physical book, which is page 197 to 292. So if everyone wants to follow along, everybody get your books and your mummies are going to talk you through the story now. <laughs> <laughs> everyone get your mommy's special Sorry. workbooks. <laughs> yeah, everybody get mommy's special workbooks now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so this first chapter is from Rio's perspective, and she and her team are doing, like, a standard capture-the-flag type exercise between their camp and the black recruits across the creek. Um, they're carrying full gear, including rifles loaded with blanks, and Mackie's basically telling them, like, don't be stupid and don't get yourselves killed. The army won't like it if you get killed before you actually go to war, blah, blah, blah. Um, and all Rio can focus on is how fucking humid it is in Georgia, and there's so many mosquitoes, and it fucking sucks. Um, Mackie lets them go, and she says she won't be showing them where to go, and they have to figure it out for themselves, and there's going to be proctors stationed along the path to kind of judge their project progress. Blech. I'm speaking... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, their their projects as well will the, be judged. Yes, they're, they're yeah. This project that you're, they're you're not wrong. It's it's a pro word. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, proctors will judge their progress or evacuate them if they beef it in some way. Um. There's no clear elected leader, which is interesting. So the recruit stick pulls out his compass and. You know, he's the only one who knows how to use a fucking compass, apparently. So he points in a direction and everybody starts following him. Um, as a company, they're extremely loud, not sneaky. 
and they're all just complaining and bitching. Luther Gear is being a racist shit for this entire chapter. I hope he can become cannon fodder. He's the first candidate for the uh, dumpster for this yes, part. Yes, he absolutely <laughs> straight to the dumpster. No questions asked. Get in the dumpster. No one likes you. Uh, just like, yeah, I, I like, I'm not even, he, fuck this guy. I hope he dies. Like, legit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Rio and Kerwin kind of tell him to shut the fuck up. And Kerwin insists that not every Southern man is like gear. Um, eventually, they reach a clearing. They stop to rest. Uh, Genou flops down on a log and she goes to drink from her canteen, but it's dry. And Rio gives her some of hers and is very, very resentful about it. Um, Stick says they should send some scouts ahead and Kerwin and Rio volunteer, but mostly because Rio is sick of all the complaining and she doesn't want to share her water anymore. <laughs> um, she really briefly hopes that Jack will join them, but he is apparently very hungover. So, <laughs> Ugh. um, yeah, this is where we get the obligatory insistence that it's all about Strand and she shouldn't be thinking about Jack blah, blah, blah. <sighs> for like the 15th time. Jesus fucking Christ. I feel like I just skimmed that. Like, as soon as I saw that conversation happen, I just skimmed to the end of the thought. Yeah. I Like, that's an instance where I feel like it didn't need to be there. It's like, okay, we know you have a crush on Jack, and we know you feel bad about it. Like, this has been established yeah. multiple times before. Whatever. It's fine. Hey, um, man, I honestly think Jack is the better... Th- I'm rooting... I'm team Jack, okay? I'll say it. I'm absolutely team Jack. Yeah. Like, he's... So. Maybe that's why we're so agitated, because we're just like, actually, no, fuck the pilot guy. No one gives a shit about him. Well, this is like... Yeah. Ugh. Like, they've already set up this relationship to fail. Like, we know mm-hmm. it's going to fail. It and, has to. And we know that Jack is, like, the guy that she's going to actually fight with and form this bond with. And, you know, they're going to kiss and then she's going to be like, oh, like, no, but I'm dating stranded. Like, we can see all that coming down the pipe there. So, unless my theory's correct that he's the one that's gay. <gasps> oh. Oh. Because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I said that out loud, but if I didn't, oh. I'm sorry. I'm thinking, like, because when you said that Michael Grant brought that up when we were talking to him, I immediately started thinking, like, I wonder if it's Jack. And I don't know this for sure. This is a wild guess. Oh, I thought he said theory. one. Okay. I thought he said one of the women was gay, and I know which one it is now. Um, Cat. Yeah. Yes, we found the sapphic. Mm. Um, But, uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jack's gay, too. I don't know. Like, Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. That would be pretty funny. He might also be killed tragically. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. I hope not. I love Jack. He's he's Yeah. He's reserved from the dumpster. Yeah, he's sitting on the brim. Like, he's fine. He can even stand next to the dumpster. Like, you know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) That would be really funny if Rio was, like, like building up Jack all this time, and then she finally goes to kiss him, and he's like, actually, I'm gay, so... that's See, that was the scene I wanted to happen. Like, that's what I want is like Rio's like, okay, I've come to the conclusion that Strand is boring and stupid and we hate him. And Jack, <laughs> I want to be with you. And then Jack's like, I'm gay. And then Rio gets to be like, time to stand on my own two fucking feet yeah, and I don't not need no eat man. anybody. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want. Oh. Is that so much to ask for? <laughs> uh. 
It's also bad because I'm starting to ship Kat and Zanu, honestly. Cause I yes! Think it would be really yes! fucking funny if Zanu's like, oh my god, men, men, I love men, blah, blah, blah. And then like as she goes along, she's like, oh, actually, I'm bisexual. Hi, Kat. <laughs> or something like that. That Oh my god. Okay, think about how incredible that arc would be, though, is that she focuses so much on men yeah. because yeah. she likes women yeah. and it's the 40s. And then she gets that arc to come back around and be like, no, actually, yeah. I love women. Oh, that would be so good. I subscribe to that. Oh, I subscribe to that, too. <laughs> Casey, you have you have built a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> thing to root for. Yay. <laughs> I'm so, I, I want that. Because, uh, like, like, even at the beginning, she was like, when somebody was asking, like, do you like girls? And she was like, oh, they're all right, but I prefer boys or something like that. And I'm like, that's not a no. That's not a no. That's not, that's not, I feel, see now I'm like, mm, she's covering. She's trying to cover. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <sighs> Frick, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it, too. That's, that's who I'm rooting for now. That's my new power couple that I'm hoping comes out of this book series. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, yep. Well, now that we're done shipping everybody. Sh- shipping people? Okay. <laughs> I guess we can get back to talking about the book. Uh, all right. So Ryu and Kerwin set off. Um, they're admiring the scenery for a little bit, and then they hear a voice behind them say, freeze or I shoot. And they have discovered that they have been ambushed by several members of the other team, and a small black female recruit in the group announces that they are now prisoners. Uh, Kerwin and Rio are just relieved that they don't have to keep hiking in the shitty humidity, which, like, fair. For real. Um, one of the other recruits tells the woman to keep an eye on the prisoners, and they are gonna go find a proctor. So, the three of them sit on a log and introduce themselves, and the woman is Frangi! Hooray! This is where Rio and Frangi, the two protagonists, are meeting! And, like, (laughs) they all just kind of fucking hang out for a while, and they just, like, start talking, and, like, Fringy gives a cigarette to Kerwin, and they're just, like, shooting the shit. That's kind of nice. They're, like, teasing Rio about her boyfriend, and Fringy's talking about the animals she cares for back home. Um, And they're having a good time, but then they're interrupted by a strange noise in the brush, and Kerwin's like, oh, shit, run now, because it is a feral hog. (laughs) Um, so they all run into the woods and they climb up a tree and Rio pulls Frangie up into the tree because she is short and they narrowly escape the angry pig. And then they just fucking keep shooting the shit and talking and <laughs> it's, it's pretty wholesome. There's kind of some racist language going on, but, ugh. um, but, oh, also we find out that Kerwin is a hillbilly and his dad beats him a couple times a year and that's apparently totally normal. After the war, he's going to go work in the coal mines and probably die from exposure, but it's totally fine. You know what's wild about that, though? Yeah. Is that it's not that his dad beating him a few times a year was totally normal. That was generous. He's a good man for only doing it a few times a year. Yeah. And also not beating his wife yeah he's like he only beats me a couple times and he's never laid a hand on my mom so he's really kind of a decent guy and, and rio's just like okay if you say so what are your standards buddy what is your life bud <laughs> Jesus. yeah it's rough that was yeah that was rough 
It's like, oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and at some point he calls, uh, oh no, that's next. Um, Frangie says she's going to try for college and Kerwin's like, nah, that's highly unrealistic for you because of the time period we live in, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> Those exact words. <laughs> it's not, but I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I don't want. No, that's, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Yeah. I don't want to say what's actually was... said in the book. So I summarize it for 2021 20, <laughs> purposes. It was perfect. I just wish those were the words that were used. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, so, yeah, he's like, Franja, you're going to become an, a laundress with a bunch of kids, and Rio's going to be an old maid because she's too ornery for marriage, and Rio's jazzed about being called ornery. Like, weirdly pleased. Um... I love it. Stand on your own two feet, Rio. Get Fuck rid of yeah. all the men. Yeah. Own your own home. Take yeah. over the world. Yeah. Women's rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, they just they just talk for about an hour. Um. Then a senior NCO shows up and. I won't say he scares the pig away, because the pig is definitely not scared, but he convinces it to leave. Um, and The pig chose to leave. The pig yeah. was like, mm, I'm not ready for this fight today. Not yeah. with you. Yeah. Next time, motherfucker. I'm a pig. I fear exactly. nothing. Ugh. It's great. <laughs> um, and anyway. Kerwin's like, this is a highly embarrassing situation. Can you not mention this to anyone? And the proctor's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And as soon as they get back to camp, everybody fucking knows what happened. The white platoon got trashed by the black platoon. And Rio is still focused on the fact that she was called ornery. And she's really excited about that. So that's that chapter. Oh, oh, yeah. Very important detail that you did miss. Oh, yeah. Uh, the kitten's not lost. He is contained when they are in the woods. Yes, he is. He is back in the barracks. He's all right. In his kitten house. Yeah, his little his little cat house, which like I wonder how long the kitten is going to uh, forever. Be and there's nothing you can there's nothing you can say otherwise to convince me the kitten won't be here the entire time. Oh, I was gonna say something about Gear's gonna die on the battlefield and the kitten's gonna eat his face off, but that's that's yes. unnecessary, maybe. Fluffer McKitty is going to win this war for us, guys. This is the origin story of Fluffer McKitty. This is his great-great-grandfather. Great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. Like Flooftail McCatton. Flooftail McCatton. It sounds like Patton. Is that anything? I'm sorry. That's everything. That is everything. He's the wolf, the war kitten, because he's catting. Catting. Oh no! He's up there giving his like wow, wow, wow. But if you translate it, he's like, "We're gonna run through these motherfuckers like shit through a goose." Oh no! A famous quote, which I'm probably misattributing to Patton, <laughs> and I will find out from Jeff a few weeks from now. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) It's very 
stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Subscribe to this. Okay. Wow. See, the best part of this book now is this thing that we have done. <laughs> That's not true, but still. We made it better. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Now we're back with Frangie. Um, God, this chapter's rough. Um, so Frangie is making her way back to the barracks with some freshly laundered uniforms. She's singing to herself. She's so excited because she's going to go on leave soon. And she'll get to spend, like, at least a day and a half with her family in Tulsa. And there's, like, a detail about some of the black male recruits will be going into town to stay at a juke joint. The, but that place is not safe for women. So a lot of the black female recruits are staying in the barracks. But Frangie only has to take a 16-hour commute to Tulsa. So that's really exciting for her. And she's feeling great. And then some drunk white fuck-ass sergeant drives up alongside her and starts hassling her. And mm-hmm. holy shit. So she's trying to, like, play it cool and trying to pacify him and, like, be like, nope, I don't want to ride. Nope, I'm good. Really, I'm good. Like, okay. And in her mind, she's just getting ready to run because he's not taking no for an answer. He probably won't. She's had enough experience to know that this kind of dude will not listen to reason. Also, he's wasted. Um... So she just keeps walking and praying that help will arrive. And he starts getting more aggressive and crass. And he starts, like, waving the Jeep into her path. And at one point, he even clips her with the fender in the leg. And she just keeps walking. Um, Eventually, she threatens to tell her captain. But he's like, no one's going to believe you. Um, And thank fucking God, at that point, a couple of trucks filled with black soldiers roll by. And a sergeant on the truck is like, hey, are you done giving directions to Sergeant Embleton? And she's like, oh my god, he's throwing me a lifeline. And she gets in the truck with them. And this fuck-ass sergeant um, is like, hey, like, like, give her back. Wow, she's mine, blah, blah, blah. Because this guy's also going in the trash, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she looks at the new sergeant's uh, lapel and notices, and notices that with his bars, he technically outranks the white sergeant. Um, and he's getting pissed at this, at this white fuck. And Frangie's like, I almost want to tell him not to make a scene about it. Almost. And the, the new sergeant, whose name is Sergeant Green, he gets out of the, the truck and one of his, one of his guys hands him a rifle and he walks right up to Ambleton and he's like, you're, you're drunk. You could lose your rank, especially cause you busted out one of your headlights. And Embleton's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Green takes the rifle and smashes the butt of it into the headlight of this guy's Jeep. And Frangie is just like amazed and she can see the fear in Embleton's eyes. And that's just crazy to her because white men do not fear black men in her world. Um, Mm -hmm. And Green's like, Green basically tells this guy to fuck off. He's already been warned about messing with the women soldiers. And Embleton is still like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Um, And Green's like, if I catch you doing this again, I... Like, he, I won't, it won't be the headlight that gets the rifle, but basically. Um, so Embleton just goes red with fury, but he drives away. And Frangie is super relieved and thanks Green. And he's basically like, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing happened here. And that goes for the rest of you, too. You didn't see anything. They all agree. And one smart ass guy even goes, I've lost my sight altogether, Sarge. Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Um, and they drop Frangie off at the barracks. She puts the laundry down and then goes in the, to the latrine to vomit. So, yay! Hate it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I do hate it. I do fucking hate that. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I did like that guy. I lost my sight altogether, Sarge. Can I go home now? <laughs> God bless that guy. Yep. Yep, that's the Marco of that particular <laughs> unit. <laughs> oh shit okay um back with rio she's watching janu get completely reamed out by mackie for having a greasy fingerprint on her belt buckle um and they're they're doing an inspection right now and it's all terrible um after the inspection mackie tells them that there will be a bulletin board with their assignment numbers and some of them will be safe behind typewriters and others will be on the front lines but no matter where they end up, they are part of the American army and they will not fail. Rio finds herself tearing up with this, but Janu just rolls her eyes completely. Um, after they're dismissed, they make their way down to the bulletin board. Janu is certain that they are going to get desk jobs. And they start talking about how Rio will get to see Strand when they're all on leave together. Gross. Jack and Kerwin yeah. run up to them. Yeah. And the four of them all chat for a bit, and Jack is like, oh, yeah, they're, they're not going to waste four intelligent and very pretty soldiers on the actual fighting. And Kerwin kind of grins and is like, oh, you think I'm pretty? And Jack's like, sure, buddy, and punches him on the arm. Um, and Rio's like, oh, I wonder if he was talking about me when he said pretty, but no, he was probably talking about Janu. But it's okay, because I'm taken by Strand anyway. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So they get to the bulletin board. Luther Gear is yelling about what designation uh, seven forty five means, and Kerwin's like, "Oh, that's riflemen. You're going to war, asshole. I hope you fucking die." I added that one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rio checks the board and then double checks it. She's been assigned to the hundred nineteenth division, and she is also a rifleman. As well as Janu, Jack, Kerwin, Tilo, Cat, and another girl named Jillian. Um, and she's like, oh my god, my family's going to kill me. Um, so she heads Not ba- if you kill them first. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the twist we never expected. Kill your family. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Just went to a weird That place. got dark. That did get very dark. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so instead of going to dinner, she goes to her bunk- and just starts like kind of straightening over everything and Mackie comes in and she's like oh hey where did you end up and Rio said that she put in for transport but Mackie says apparently they needed riflemen more than drivers um Rio tells Mackie a little bit about her sister Rachel and Mackie says that she knew Rio was from a gold star family and that Rio is probably going to be fine she has a lot of potential but she needs to listen to her sergeants because they'll be trying to keep her alive Rio says she's afraid she might be a coward. Mackie launches into a story about how she was on dust duty when her location was bombed the day after Pearl Harbor. And she didn't even have a rifle with her and she had to take one off a dead soldier. And then they had to go fight the Japanese and they just got beaten down for weeks and weeks. The only way that Mackie escaped was getting close to a general and the general ordered or the president ordered the general to pull out and the general took her with. 
and she's like, yeah, I would have surrendered if I could because after a while we were all just fucking done. So yeah, it's like this really like awful story that she just fucking yeah. drops on Rio. Um, and like Rio's like, I'm afraid I'm a coward, and she's like, we were beaten down for weeks, and I just wanted to give up. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second, how is this story helping? <laughs> Yeah, you think you got it bad. You think you're afraid? This is what I had to go through. Um, yeah. Um, so after that shit show, they shake hands and Rio thanks her. And then she's like, I don't even know your first name. And Mackie's like, of course you do. It's Sergeant. And then she just fucking walks out, which I love that line so fucking much. It's just like. Me too. It's funny, but it's also like, you don't need to know my first name. Like. I'm never going to see you again. Bye. (laughs) Pretty much. Like such a mic drop. You need to know. It's such a mic drop. It's like, basically you need to know that you need to respect me. Yeah. Yeah. Badass, man. I love Mackie so fucking much. I'm going to miss her. Me too. Hey, she might come back. I hope so. She'll come back in like book three and be like, my name is, I don't know. Also Rachel. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> My name is also Rachel. I didn't tell you because I thought that would be upsetting. Because we were talking about your dead sister. I didn't want to say. So I told you my name was Sergeant. Oh, but it no. is actually also Rachel. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I... Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of leave, uh, let's cut back to Rainy. Um, who is also on Yes, leave. let's cut back to Rainy! Yes! Yes! God, she's the best! She's so good! Ugh. I love her so much. Um, Me so- too! Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm no, sorry no. I keep interrupting no. you. It's just my excitement for Rainy it's is okay. so huge. It's okay. It's understandable. It's terrible. I'll stop doing it! <laughs> Ugh. So she's back in New York City. She's on the Lower East Side, which is her neighborhood, um, which something, something gentrification. There are many people out. There's shop girls taking cigarette breaks, housewives hauling groceries, school kids running around, and most notably soldiers and sailors on leave. Most of them completely fucking drunk. Um, And Rainy thinks that even though she loves it here, she's definitely ready for something new. Um, as she's walking around, she spots three drunk sailors and a sober young man in a suit, and the sailors are just messing with this guy and being terrible. And um, The guy's doing a pretty good job of standing his ground, and he's even going so far as to try and like sow dissension among the sailors, but Rainy doesn't think that's going to work very well. And sure enough, one of the sailors punches the guy in the mouth. Um, Rainy looks around for the cops, but doesn't see any. Instead, she spots a couple of army guys and calls them over. They are also drunk, and she starts saying that the sailors were bad-mouthing the army, and the guy in the suit is her friend who was trying to stick up for them, but now he's getting beat up. And so basically, there's just this huge fucking brawl between the, the army guys and the sailors, and while that shit's happening, the guy in the suit manages to get away. So, Rainy just, like, orchestrated that whole fucking thing because she's fucking brilliant and I love her. Ugh. This is when, like, in the movie, just, like, you see the brawl starting and then, like, the music swells and it's just Beyonce. Who around the world? (laughs) Girls! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so the guy gets away. Um, he thanks Rainy and he introduces himself as Hollow Leventhal. And then he asks her out for coffee. And she's kind of like, okay, fine, but only because we need to get ice on your face before it swells up. So they go to a diner, they get him all set up, and he's like, so you're a Jewish woman soldier. And she's like, yeah, you got a problem with that? And he's like, no, I think it's really awesome. And it's very clear he's trying to flirt with her, and she enjoys sparring with him because that shit will not work on her. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually he's like, honestly, my father and grandfather would disapprove of women in the army, but I'm down for anyone who's going to rid the world of Adolf Hitler. And she's like, yeah, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. And he seems admirable or admiring her and also at the same time very envious. And he says, I would join if I could, but I was deemed unfit for service because of my bad shoulder. Um, And then he goes on to say, like, Hitler is trying to exterminate every Jewish person on Earth. And she says he shouldn't exaggerate, but he's like, it is not an exaggeration. No one's getting letters from Jewish family in Europe, basically from everywhere the Germans have already taken. Um, And then he invites her to a meeting that he's going to be having with some fellow Zionists. And she says she can't attend meetings. And he figures out that it's not because she doesn't care or doesn't wish to know. It's that she would have to report it. She, mm-hmm. she stands up to leave and he shakes her hand and says, if you ever want to find me, go to the Zabno American Button Company in the Garment District. You can rescue me again if you want to. And she finally leaves and she's a little bit sad about it. But she knows she doesn't have time for any men other than the ones in uniform carrying guns. Yeah. Yeah. Screw men. No men. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This book series is turning us down a wild path. I know. I like it. I like it. Uh, yikes. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. So we're back with Rio. She's having awkward dinner times with her mom, dad, and an empty spot at the table meant for Rachel. She can't help but feel that the place seems strange now. And let's see. They talk about shit. Her mom tells her that she gets her steak from the black market now. And Rio assures them she's getting fed very well in the army, probably better than the civilians. And finally, they get around to the big question, which is where she got assigned. And she's like, I am a rifleman. Her dad blows the fuck up and starts yelling about teenage girls being sent to the front lines. Um, yeah. And she's like, calm down, dad. The war could be over before I get there. And he's like, that's bullshit because that's exactly what Rachel said. He continues to rant about... Generals sending young boys to get their legs and arms and faces blown up, and Rio thinks of the stamp man. She wants her ask she wants to ask her father about his time in the war, but it's a taboo subject in her house. Um, so she diverts the conversation and everyone calms down a bit, and her mom starts telling her that she needs to be careful of the boys and their secret urges, and that she will find a good man and get married after the war. She has a brief fa- what? Jesus, Millie. Jesus, Millie. Jesus, Millie. Like, this isn't... <sighs> like, I, I get it. I get where she's coming from. But goddamn, Millie. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> Sorry. 
I mean, I read that as... I also had a terrible thought about her dad. Oh, what? Well, wait, you read that as what now? I read that as her being like, you're surrounded by rambunctious, horrible men, children. Fucking don't let them do anything to you. That's how I read that, but... Oh, absolutely, but it's like, Millie, it's already been happening. Yeah. Dear sweet Millie, this isn't a secret. Yeah. Yeah, Millie's just, uh, she's a little too innocent for this world. Oh, no. But I also, I had this thought about her dad when you were saying that about, like, how his military thing was a taboo subject. I wonder if we ever, like, find out at some point that he had this moment, like, when when Rachel was born and then when Rio was born, where he was like, thank God it's a girl because mm. she will never have to go to war. And now this is, like, his one of his big nightmares. Oh, no. Oh, maybe. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry. I totally no. interrupted you. Just talk shit about Millie. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It's super. It's oh, sad. Oh, bad for him. Ugh. After dinner, Rio goes onto the porch and is like, this place is still really weird. It's very different from basic training. Um, her dad is there. He's on his third drink of the night. He offers her a cigarette, but she refuses. And he basically launches into this monologue of like, don't be a hero in the war. Don't go and risk your life to save a friend. Do not jump out of the trench to go shoot someone. Keep your head down and hug the ground. Don't listen to your officers. Listen to your non-coms. Find a sergeant that you trust and stick to him like glue. And whatever happens, we're your family. This is your home. And you will need to know that. Um mm-hmm. A tear rolls down her cheek, and he wipes it away and says, you'll need that. Jesus fucking Christ, Dad. I mean, you're not wrong about any of this, but, like, wow. I loved this scene a lot. Me too. It just, it speaks volumes. And I I wonder if, if in his war he ever had a moment where he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save myself. Like, you know, or I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's, uh. there's so many options. Like, this could have mm-hmm. been, like, so, uh, th- sorry, there's, like, a lot of weird thoughts going through my head. But um, it could also be, like, so, I don't know if they did this in the U.S., but one of the things they used to do in Britain was they used to fill entire um, platoons full of people from the same village until... They got completely wiped out and literally like entire villages would be like all of their sons would be dead, like every single one. And that's when they realized they had to start like mixing from different areas. Oh, sure. And like, I almost wonder if her dad was in a similar situation where there was like somebody that he knew he grew up with and he watched them be a hero or multiple people that he grew up with. And he watched them try to be the hero and just get mowed down again and again. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. I also really like the whole point about like she wants to ask him about his time in war, but she doesn't bring it mm-hmm. up because like... You know, he doesn't want to relive that. And that is just, like, my grandpa, at least towards the end of his life, he wasn't like that. Like, he started this project where he was, like, documenting all of his time in World War II. But, like, I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people, like, after they come back from war, they're just like, I don't ever want to think about it ever again. Right. Even though, in this case, it's like, 
I think maybe knowing about what her dad went through could have helped her. But she doesn't want to bring that up. I almost wondered if it... I was thinking about it from the other way. Like, I wonder if her dad was trying to, like, steal himself up, like, mm-hmm. with the the extra beer, the extra alcohol, yeah. to tell her, but that was all he could kind of get out about his time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get into any specifics, but I'm just going to give you some sound advice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved this scene so much. Like, it just... It just spoke volumes. Like, this is one of the best scenes in the book for me so far. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. (sighs) It's much better than the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the next scene is the part that we don't give a shit about at all. (laughs) I'm going to probably not get into a lot of detail about this next scene. Because basically, Ryo and Strang go on a date. Like... Rio's uncle has a plane. It's getting seized by the army. And he's like, I'm going to take you on a plane ride, you know, while we still have the plane. And what, let's see, what are some important bits of this? Uh, this is where Rio realizes that she is strong and buff and cool. And she can bike like 10 miles and not break a sweat. Um, mm-hmm. Her mom is like, don't have sex, basically. Um, she, <laughs> ever yeah, she feels weird out of her uniform uh, she thinks that she and Strand work really well together because they can kind of talk war stuff together which like I'm glad they can because that was something she was concerned about before that like oh like he's not going to think I'm girly enough or whatever um, mm-hmm. uh, she can kind of be herself around him which is nice um, blah 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 they fly in the plane he touches her boob and it's oh my god whatever yeah uh and then he kisses her and she likes it and um she takes a picture of him in front of the plane and it does not in any way look like a younger happier version of the stamp man not at all which is a good line i really liked that um but yeah it's just they went on a date and it was dumb and i hated it (laughs) yep yep (sighs) But yeah, we did I miss anything important. Nope. Okay. Cool. Let's go back to Frangie. Um, Frangie is in Arizona at Fort Huachica. I think that's how you pronounce that. Huachica. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I just read horchata every single horchata. time. Horchata. <laughs> yeah. Camp horchata every time. I'm like, mm. those aren't the letters. And I'm like, camp horchata it is. Camp kombucha. Um, yeah, so she's in the desert. She got relocated to this camp so that she can, uh, be a medic, medic trainee with some other people. Um, and she's got two manuals in front of her. Um, one is called the medical field manual and it's extremely boring and doesn't contain any information (laughs) about medicine. Um, so she starts the second book, which is called bandaging and splinting, and it is much more interesting and... There's there's some sentence where it's like excessive pressure of the banjing may cause interference with the circulation may lead to disastrous consequences. And she finds that funny for some reason and laughs at that. I don't know if you found it funny at all. I was trying to figure <laughs> out what the fuck. I, I did because it was the whole like 
And if you do it wrong, there will be disastrous consequences. It was just the wording was so overly dramatic that I did like kind of chuckle at it too. I was like, okay. yeah, that is pretty funny. Okay. All right. Uh, um, so she laughs and somebody comes by and he's like, what are you laughing at? She looks up and she sees a black officer with captain's bars on his shoulders and she snaps to attention because she's like, oh my fucking God, I can't believe the captain is talking to me. Um, so he's like, so are you here to become a nurse? And she's like, oh, no, sir, I want to become a doctor, but a medic first. Um, and he's like, medics end up in very bad places. And she says she assumed it would be fine that they wouldn't let the black recruits fight at all. Um, and he's like, well, we just got some new cannons and shit. And he doubts it's just for show. Um, and she's like, are you a doctor? And she kind of looks at his uniform and how it's just a little bit off. It's a little bit disheveled and he's wearing slippers instead of boots. And then she sees a shoulder patch with a caduceus on it. I had to look up how to pronounce the word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's the snakes around the pole with the wings symbol for those who are not in the knowledge. Um, And he says he was a thoracic surgeon, um, but he got drafted into the army. So he asks her if she thinks she'd be able to patch someone up with guns and bombs and shit dropping all around her. And she says she doesn't know. And he says he doesn't know either, but they're not going to give her a gun. So she can't even defend herself if she's being shot at. She will only have a helmet with a white cross on it. And she's an idiot if she thinks the enemy won't fire on that cross. Um, Mm -hmm. She feels kind of challenged by this and she insists that she is not a coward. So he pulls out a handkerchief from his pocket and he lays his arm down on the table and he says, okay, I have a bullet wound with lots of blood. What do you do first? And she's a little taken aback by this sudden test, but she says she would check to see if it's an artery and would try to staunch the blood with the palm of her hand. He's like, what if I ask for morphine? And she says, no, not yet. And he says, yes, that's correct. Cause morphine might put me into shock. So they go through the rest of this test and she pretends to patch him up and explain, she explains what she does while she's doing it. And after she's done, he's like, yeah, you would have failed because I would have bled to death. You forgot about the exit wound on the back of the arm. Um, He introduces himself as Captain Washington and he advises her to study hard and practice with her hands because if you're getting shot at, the brain might forget, but the hands will remember. Yay, muscle memory. Um... He says she's going to get a hard time from the others because she's a woman, but he's going to judge her the same way he judges every other candidate. And if she screws up, he will wash her out. And she's basically like, well, either I'm good enough or I'm not. And he's like, all right, you're cool. They salute and he starts to leave. She tries to give his handkerchief back, but he tells her to keep it and practice with it. She thinks to herself, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yay! I loved that chapter. I loved that chapter. I loved this older doctor mentor gentleman. I like the fact that he's just like wearing slippers. <laughs> yeah, first of all, he's a lunatic, but like, <laughs> he's a fucking maniac. <laughs> he is a fucking maniac. That is to be sure. But I love that she has someone on her side. It's like, yes, finally Frangie gets a fucking break for once in her oh fucking my life. God. I agree. I agree. It's like, I'm sick of all these fucking trauma chapters. Where it's like, I got harassed by this dude. I got harassed by this other dude. 
<laughs> men are shitty. Men are shitty. Hey, this doctor wants you to succeed. <laughs> oh, that's great. So anyways, men are shitty. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, yep. Um, oh, also yeah. in that chapter, we find out that Sergeant Green is also there and she kind of wants to see him again, but also he's kind of intimidating and she doesn't know what she would say to him. So that's kind of the where I was like, oh, no, they're going to force a romance. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah. you talked me down a little bit. Eh. <laughs> I died. I'm sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> it was reassuring. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. One more chapter. Uno mas, por favor. This one's also a little bit of a doozy. This is where just <laughs> yeah. get a fucking like, like earth mover, scoop up all the men, dump them right in the trash. <laughs> <sighs> so fucking Rio and her company are headed to Europe on the deck of the Queen Mary which has been stripped of its staterooms and cabins and retrofitted to accommodate a bunch of bunks for all of the recruits. It is hot and smelly and stuffy and disgusting, and they are surrounded by shitty GIs who are catcalling and soliciting all the women. Um, and some of the guys from- And, like, taking their pants off. Yeah, they're, like, flashing them and shit. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, throw them all overboard. I would straight up punch them straight in the dick if they did that. Absolutely. I feel like I'm in the right in this situation. <laughs> you are definitely in the right. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's it's rough. Um, and some of the guys from Rio's crowd have tried to stop the harassment, um, but the GIs just beat them up. And the captain of the ship has been like, "Hey, stop harassing the women." But apparently the GIs don't listen to sailors, so it's all no. it's all kind of crapshoot. Um, but three days into the journey, Strand J- Braxton appears. Yay, he's here. Uh, Rio wants Ugh. to embrace him and make out with him, but sh- there are a bunch of dudes watching them, so they shake hands instead. Uh, I did. I, I will admit, I did really like that super awkward handshake interaction. Yeah! They like, they're gonna, they're gonna, like, run into each other's arms and they stop short and, like, stick out their hands and, like, shake each other's hands. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that is funny, yeah, I Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, so, I don't exactly know where they are in the scene, but they're apparently just surrounded by a fucking bunch of dudes. And, like, I think they're in, like, the, the bunks or something because they mentioned like there's oh they're they're in um one of the lifeboats that's hanging off the side of the boat that's where they go but like i don't know where they were before whatever oh like where they met up yeah i thought oh i thought for whatever reason i thought it was just on the deck of the ship okay like they mentioned like there was a soldier like right at their knees looking up at them and i'm like where the fuck is this guy so i thought he was in a bunk so i got confused anyway um they're somewhere and strand's like Rio, Janu, let's get out of here. And Janu's like, oh no, you two go ahead. I need to stay here and be admired. And I couldn't tell if she <laughs> genuinely wanted to stay and be admired or if she was trying to give them time alone or both. I don't know. Um, I thought it was to give them time alone. Yeah. I thought she did not. I thought she was reluctant to leave on her own, mm-hmm. but was like, oh God. Yeah. 
I don't know. If I was her and a bunch of dudes were catcalling me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming with you. I don't give a fuck. You guys can be alone anytime you want. I'm out of here. <laughs> you guys can be alone when you're together. Not now. You guys can make out next I to me you. and I won't watch, but I don't want to be here. Yep. <laughs> like. Yep. Uh, whatever. Um, so Janu also snaps a salute to Strand and Rhea looks and notices he is now wearing lieutenant's bars. And she's like, oh, fuck, I forgot to salute. Oh, my God, this sucks. And he's like, no, 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 cut it out. It just means I graduated high school. It's fine. Um, so he and Rio head up to the lifeboat deck. Um, one lifeboat has had the tarp removed. And inside of it sit four airmen. And they are playing cards and drinking. Uh, Strand introduces Rio to them. And they start being like these fucking bros. They're like, ooh, a girl. Blah. And he's like, oh, my God, you guys are so embarrassing. Oh. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> so he brings Rio to the other side of the lifeboat, and they start talking and holding hands and shit, and the guys are starting to give them crap, but Strand is like, no, this is my, my girl from back home, and then they all shut up, because apparently a girl and a girl from back home is a huge difference. We're going steady. I guess. I don't know. I don't know <sighs> that means um Ugh. Uh, we also learned that strand's call sign is fish and they started to tell the story but then they trailed off and rio figures it is crass in some way um i don't i don't know what i was supposed to i don't know what the leap i was supposed to make to the crassness was in that story they probably all got drunk and naked and he dived into a river and i don't know something like that i don't know some bro Air Force shit. I don't know. Some, some bro-y shit that they were doing. Yeah. Probably like the scene in Mulan where they're all bathing oh, and yeah. like fighting over a rock yeah. naked. Yep, yep. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's interesting to see like Strand hanging out with these dudes and how he kind of has to like switch code switch kind of to being a gentleman around Rio mm-hmm. even though clearly like he says like broy shit with these guys I don't know it was just like an yep. interesting meeting of of two worlds in a way yeah but it like it kind of it made me hate him more because it's like you're clearly like putting on this gentlemanly act. Yeah. And it's, you're just like a, you're a dick though, like everybody else. Like you're a fucking dick. Yeah. And like, now we're on to you, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, and, and it gets worse. Um, of course it does. Yeah. It always gets worse. It always worse. gets worse. <laughs> uh, so they start talking about what they're going to do when they get to Europe. They're going to train some more, probably. And Rio's like, oh, yeah, they didn't tell us much, but you know, we're not going to conquer France in a day or whatever. Um, and Strand gets this worried look on his face and he's like, so you're really going to go through with this? You're going to keep playing soldier? And I'm immediately like, red flags, girl! Red fucking flags. Like, what? Did you think all of this was just to impress you? Yeah! Fucking get in your pants. What did you think this was for? Did you think it was you because the world revolves around men all the time, Strand? Is that what you were fucking thinking? (laughs) Of course it was, you goddamn dick. Goddamn dick. Oh my god. This is the beginning Fuck. of the end. This is how you know it's not going to work out. 
Oh my god. This is like, uh, this is just like, it, it makes me so mad because like, this shit pisses me off more than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, you were told you can't do this thing because you're a woman. So you go and you fucking do it. And then even when you do it yep. and you do it like just as good as the guys yep. and you still succeed, they're like, oh, so like, are you going to, you're going to stop playing now though, right? It's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to do everything so much better just to be considered the same fucking le- uh-huh. Fuck this. Fuck this. Uh-huh. I, I hate this so much. It's so true, though. Like, fuck off. All of you. Just into the dumpster. Into the dumpster. Like, honestly. <sighs> oh, my God. Honestly, like, fuck off with that shit. Yeah. And it's like, you can't even, you can't even say, like, Oh, it's 2022 now. Like, you know, opinions generally have shifted. And it's like, here's the thing, though. It hasn't, though. For a lot of people, like, on the outside, they'll say one thing. But when they're in their homes, they'll still say, like, dumb shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. The amount of, like, buffoonery going on still is, like... Like, some minds have been changed like some people have been like oh actually maybe i was wrong about this thing that i've been taught my whole life but other people are still like believe bullshit like this and it's so frustrating it's like fuck off yep yep it's so infuriating yep but okay i will say though i will say though mm-hmm. this is infuriating to read and it's I'm looking forward to when Rio really, really, truly decompresses what he meant and, like, gets rightfully angry about it. Because she doesn't get angry about it, but yeah, she knows in her heart that something is wrong with what he said. Heavy, mm-hmm. heavy relate to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially at that age. But, I mean, mm-hmm. also now, sometimes it takes me... A while yeah. to kind of break it all down. Yeah. But like, yeah, especially at that fucking age, especially with somebody that you are in a relationship with. Oh, f- yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, the amount of times where I was like, that didn't, that thing you said didn't make me feel great. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I don't... F- I have, like, a bad feeling in my stomach, and I don't know what that means, and it's probably nothing, like, and, you know, just all of that whole mind cycle, and then, like, later on, you realize, like, oh, no, actually, that was really shitty, and no wonder I felt that way, because it was bad, and, like, you figure it out, but, like, in the moment, she's, like, she kind of just is, like, what? I love that. Yeah, she's just, like... Yeah, I I love that too for the realistic, mm-hmm. r- the realism that was contained there. Yeah, I'm superbly impressed with that. Like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, yep. <laughs> but yeah, Strand, I just want to like punch in the fucking mouth. I do too. Yep. Yeah. So he says that bullshit to her and she is kind of quiet for a little minute and she's like, well, 
I mean, I didn't wash out, and neither did Janu or Kat. And then he goes on to be like, yeah, but I heard the GI's talking to you too. And like, what do you expect? You're a beautiful girl on a ship full of rambunctious dudes. And, which isn't, fuck off. Um, Respect some god, I expect some goddamn respect is what I expected. Honestly. Yeah. Just a fucking modicum of fucking respect. Right. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and like infuriatingly like understandably but also infuriatingly like the thing that she gets out of this sentence is the fact that she was just called beautiful which again is kind of like this is a not a great thing to say I can't really understand why but I'm gonna focus on this thing that I do understand like Yeah. yeah um but she goes on to tell him like well i'm in it now i can't quit even if i wanted to because i would go to prison for defecting and he's like i just don't want you to get hurt and she's like well i don't want you to get hurt either so i like for all intents and purposes i think she handled this well i would have loved a little more outrage on her behalf but i think for not quite realizing how fucked up it was I love how she handled it and was basically like saying like, okay, but this thing, like, this is why right. you're wrong. <laughs> right. But yeah, I get that whole, like, you just said something bad to me and I don't want to create a big stink about it. Like, it's just so relatable. <sighs> it is. It is sadly relatable. Yep. Um, so Rio kind of changes the subject onto safer topics and they start talking about home and mutual acquaintances, uh, blah, blah, blah. They start getting closer to each other. She wants him to kiss her. Girls don't make the first move, but then she makes it obvious she wants to be kissed and they make out. It's gross. Um, and then they're interrupted by the airmen coming back and being like, so you were discussing roar strategies, huh? And Rio's like, oh, look at the time. I better get to food. Nice catching up with you, Strand. Bye. And she gets the fuck out of there, which was kind of funny, I guess. But also, fuck Strand. Um, yep. She runs back to the bunks and climbs up beside Janu and starts telling her all about what just happened. Um, and Rio's basically like, I didn't know that girls could have those kind of feelings, too. And Janu's like, you're a dumbass. And they giggle together. And then Kat <laughs> kind of pokes her head up to be like, what the fuck's going on? And then she looks at them with almost a sense of jealousy in her eyes. And this is where we have found the sapphic. Um, yep. They all go to dinner. And after lights out, Rio is thinking about the makeout sesh. And then she's like, but when he said I was playing soldier, I didn't really love that. And I might have to talk to him about that someday. And then she thinks about the fact that she never wanted to go to war. But now a small growing part of her is almost looking forward to it. And that's the end of part one slash part three. Yay, we did it. Yay. Woo-hoo. Part three of part one as we're reading it. <laughs> the final part of the first part. Yes, the, the final part of part one of book one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. God, this book's big. Yeah. It's a big yeah. old book. This, this is a big old book. This was a good book. I mean, we're not done yet. There's two more parts, but <laughs> yes, part one I'm, was good. <laughs> I've enjoyed what we've had so far, and I'm looking forward to more. Samesies.
Cause like they're like they're going now. Like all of yeah. like all the first part was just them like prepping and getting used to the idea and going through training and now they're like in it. They're going yep. to Europe to fight in World War II and it's terrifying. Yeah. It I mean it is. And like it's just gonna get more and more real from here. Yep. These poor kids. Poor kids. They don't even know what's about to happen. They don't. They do not. They do not. They have no idea. Who do we think is going to die? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know what happens at the end of this book. Um, Well, I I know what happens at the end of this book. I don't know what happens at, like, the the end. Yeah, and the other two. Okay. And uh, so... I mean, I could give you a minor spoiler for this book if you like, or major-ish spoiler. I could give you a spoiler for this book. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) No, okay. Well, we'll just we'll just read it and find out. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's also it's been a while since I have read this, so my memory isn't. Sometimes things will come up and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that happened." Sure. (laughs) Uh, like this uh, rainy chapter, I had completely forgotten about it, and that, when I reread it, I was like, "Yeah, rainy!" Like, fuck yes, yes. love I rainy just, so much. Well, okay. What I also liked about that chapter because we were talking about how, like, oh, like you know, they all potentially have love interests now or whatever. Um, but I like how rainy was just like, I think in a different circumstance, I might go out with this guy, but I don't have time for that shit right now. And I'm just like, "Yes, girl boss." Yes. <laughs> She's like, I have Hitler to kill. I don't have time for this boyfriend thing. I mean, that is the best excuse to not go on a date. And if ever, if ever anyone ever asks me out again, I will be using that as an excuse. Sorry, I gotta go punch Nazis. Bye. Sorry, I have to go kill Hitler. Goodbye. (laughs) And like, what are they gonna do? Fucking argue with me after that? It's like really? the foolproof excuse. You'd be like, oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Dating advice with Casey and Alex. I'm glad that after all this time, we've finally been able to give dating advice. And that advice is, if you want to reject someone, tell them, no, you're too busy killing Hitler. <laughs> Great. D- 10 out of 10 advice that we have <laughs> given here today. Yep. <laughs> Our job is done. Our job. This is it. Welcome to the conclusion of the podcast. We finally made it to what we were trying to do the whole time. Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Well, any other thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, just throw them all in the trash. That's all I have to say. Yeah. All the men. Yeah. Bye. I'm done. I'm in. Bye. Bye. Bye, click. (laughs) (laughs) Take it out. Take out the trash. Go to the dumpster. Yeah. The big dumpster. The dump. It's just called the The dump. The big dumpster in the sky. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Wouldn't it be the dumpster the other direction? Down down in the hell? Going to hell in the dumpster? I have to live there. Don't fuck it up. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. That was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I have to live there. <laughs> <laughs>
oh, and on no. that note, should we go to the outro? Let's let's put ourselves in in the outro dumpster. Okay. Ooh. All right. Welcome to the dumpster that is our outro. It certainly is a dumpster fire. Yes. For sure. It smells quite bad. It's quite terrible. Welcome. <laughs> If you want to join us in this dumpster fire, you can email us at anonymousanimals at gmail.com or applegrantbookclub at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous. You can join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites. You can find us at Apple Grant Book Cast, I think is what our Facebook name is. Um, Twitter and Instagram are Apple Grant Cast. Or Animorphs Anonymous or Animorphs Anon, depending on what the character limits are. Twitter's Animorphs Anon, obviously, because the character limits. We've talked about this. We hate it. But here we are. (laughs) Those Uh, are the ways you could reach us. You can also reach us on our Discord server, our Animorphs Anonymous Discord server, uh, where we hang out with other Animorphs fans and we swap fan art and stories and jokes and japes and um celebrate each other's successes and sympathize with each other's bad times and if you want to join in the fun you can hit us up on any of our socials that we just mentioned we'll get you the link and you can come chill with us but Um, what if i am tired of celebrating people's successes and commiserating with their bad times, and I just want to read a webcomic. Oh my god, do you know how many webcomics there are? Oh, yeah, but I want one specific recommendation right now. Okay, you only get one webcomic, and if I had to read any webcomic if I was you, I would check out mine, Casey's comic, that I make (laughs) and draw, which is called Beside You, and that can be read for the low, low price of free at bsideyoucomic.com or it's also on Tapas and Webtoons or for the low, low price of $1 and up per month, you can go to my Patreon and you can get bonus content, you can get early access pages and just support me making the comic Um, and you can check that at patreon.com slash kcdstudios at the very least, please go rate it for free I make it, and I love it, and it's fun and delightful, maybe. It is. And for the low, low price of $750 a month, you can get the accompanying podcast that Dan and I produce for Beside You, the Slater (laughs) cast. It's on sale, apparently. (laughs) It's on sale. The price fluctuates month to month, so like you want to get in at a good time. Yeah, it's like the stock market. It's exactly like the stock market. Dan and I have a very complex system of rating our podcast month to month and lowering and raising prices based on market value that we feel is correct. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, Dan and I spend hours on the phone every month discussing this. We have day-to-day check-ins, a daily stand-up. Meetings, Zooms. (laughs) There's meetings. We are calling Wall Street. They never answer, but we keep calling (laughs) They blocked our number. Yeah, they have blocked us, but we keep trying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oi. Your voice is so fucking delightful. Aww. I would love to keep listening to it forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, How, how can I achieve this dream? 
Well, based on the amount of hours that you have lived on this planet and will be aware during the day, I think we are rapidly approaching that because I am on like five goddamn podcasts. Woohoo! Um, obviously, this one that you just listened to is one of them. Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Bookcast. Welcome, depending on what you prefer to call it. Uh, I am also on a D&D podcast called Dungeons and Draken Beams. It's an Animorphs AU, and I play one of the characters, Savannah. One might say the best character on the show. I would. I don't know it's, if you would, but I certainly true. would. Yes. Casey thinks Savannah's the best. It is true. Yeah. Also yeah. possible. Anyway, so check out Dungeons and Draken Beams. We're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Drop, and it's great. Uh, I am also on Horse Girls, which is where my wonderful cohort, Jenna, who came up with, oh, no, is on. Oh, no. So if you want to hear the original, which is, I think, the best version that there is. Undoubtedly. Original, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, It's Jenna. And then Tim is there, too, who is uh, the real ultimate horse girl who will save us all. He is the chosen one. (laughs) He will become the real ultimate horse girl. He, he will defeat so f- Sugarfoot in a battle of epic proportions. Oh, no. I don't think we can tell him he has to defeat Sugarfoot. Oh, okay. Spoilers. We might have to. Yeah, we might have to leave that. Okay. We might not tell him that till the end of the podcast. Cause okay. He, I think, really likes Sugarfoot. So. Oh, shit. yeah. Okay. So anyways. Yeah. So keep that from Tim. <laughs> Tim earmuffs. If you're listening, earmuffs. Yes. <laughs> But yes, we do Horse Girls together. It is a wonderful podcast. Uh, I'm sure very on topic about horses and not at all just about whatever thoughts come out of our mouths. Um, and then also, I am on Soup Salad Sandwich, which I believe until now I haven't announced. But <gasps> check it out. Yeah. Check out Soup Salad Sandwich. That is with Nate and Jenna, and we define every food in existence as a soup, salad, or sandwich, and some things that are not food, like the the play Sweeney Todd. And France. <laughs> and France. And the Earth. It's a great time. Um, and then also, I'm on Cadmus to Crisis, a Superboy podcast where we talk about Superboy. It's a little bit on hiatus right now because David had a whole ass human baby, but <laughs> there's a big backlog, so check it out. And that is how you can spend the entirety of your life listening to my voice. Perfect. Oh, also, you can check us out on YouTube. We just posted our Christmas special where yeah. where we play a one-off one-shot Dungeons and Dragons Christmas story with Austin of Dungeons and Dragons Beams. It's super fucking funny. Alex and I are comedic geniuses. You should definitely go check that out. <laughs> Fuck. That's also available on our podcast queue. If you missed that, go back and fucking listen to it. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life if you haven't heard it. It's legit. Um, I, I love it so fucking much. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's um, a real, real uh, testament to Casey and I not doing homework at all and just showing up and just both getting to be fucking dorks together. It is. It's so wonderful. <laughs> and Austin does some kick-ass NPC voices. Uh, yeah. okay thank you bye thank Um, you (laughs) sound sends me it sends me it sends me every time
Check that out on podcasts and YouTube at Strong Shape International. Uh, thank you to Just for kick-ass uh, intro music. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find her at It's Reese over on Twitter. That's uh, I-T-S-R-E-I-S-E. I believe so. I believe so. Okay. I believe yeah. so. What else? That's it? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Well, shit! I guess yeah. we'll see y'all for part four slash part two, part four <laughs> of part four of what we're doing. Part two of part part one of part <laughs> two of book one. <laughs> oh no, it's all bad. Um, we'll see you next time, and we'll probably throw some more men in the dumpster. Yay! Yay! Okay, bye. bye.